0: We have shifted gears into Wednesday hump day but still talking nothing but Crimson Tide football. On what is the number one ticket here for your Alabama football news, notes, information updates. Yours truly your man the hype man when it comes to that Bama football. Yours truly Stephen Smith in my own words touchdown Alabama magazine. Proud to have everybody tuning into the show on this evening. We have a lot to discuss, talk about breakdown get into as we're bringing the show to you from the magic city of birmingham and streaming this to you on youtube speaking of a channel go ahead right now give a like on the show that thumbs up hit that subscribe button and turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best news notes alerts and coverage on Your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide also. We got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well in terms of streaming. So, no excuse for you not to be knocked on to the hottest show on the streets when it comes down to your Alabama football news. Guys, shout out my man John Ivory one time in the production studio doing his thing here on a Wednesday. And we want to hear from you the Alabama football fan base, you the faithful out there. And You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear... From you guys on this evening. The daily Super Chat Go, as always, $75, daily Super Chat Go, $75 right there. We appreciate the support, the love, the uh, the passion that you guys have as the Alabama Football Faith for helping us out here where this show is concerned. But we start things off tonight with kind of just my one long concern. If I have a concern from the eight-day game, the spring game over on last week. The one concern I would have would be the offensive line, and with with the, aside from that, uh, the quarterback play was strong. We saw Bryce Young go out there and make you know with, and and make you know a, a lot of throws. He sat there, did a lot of made a, made a lot of explosive plays with the football, got the ball into the hands of the playmakers. He did a, he did a lot of great things in the field which was the reason why he was the MVP of the spring game. So we saw great things from Bryce Young. We saw strong things from the running backs coming out of the backfield, catching passes. We saw wide receivers step up. We saw tight ends play well. We saw the young guys on defense flying to the football. So for me, probably the only long concern I had was the offensive line. And, when you just watch the other uh, spring game, uh, there were so many moments where, you know, guys were getting beat off the line of scrimmage. I understand Alabama's had some guys that were nicked up, banged up, and, you know, couldn't go in the the, uh, this, the, uh, the last scrimmage there. When you talk about Emil Ekior and Pierce Quig, so you didn't have those two guys in the field, but... When you, when you discussed all you know, the young guys that did take the field there for the spring game, you know Tommy Brockemeyer was out there, uh, the likes of Tanner Bowles with that was out there, Seth McLaughlin was out there. Just a lot of guys that have not gotten the chemistry, the continuity, the camaraderie with each other yet and that they've got to get that down when you look at entering now into – Summer workouts, 7-on-7 things, 11-on-11 type deals, and, of course, fall camp. So, for Coach Saban and offensive line coach Duck Marone, the key will be is getting the best five guys in terms of starters on the field. And I've mentioned this before, once you get Ekior and Pierce Quick back, that will solve a lot of things for the first-team offensive line. Uh, On the left side of that line, it'll be, you know, it it won't be an issue there because on the left side, you would have Evan Neal at left tackle, Emil Echior at left guard, Chris Owens at center. That'll be the left side. The right side was where kind of the fun will be had at because Tommy Brown held held that right guard position throughout the entire spring, took all first team reps at right guard. Now the question will be, will Brown be able to hold that spot? Because prior to an injury, Pierce Quick was actually owning that spot, running that spot, and, and dominating that spot. So that will be a battle once Quick returns. And then at right tackle, we kind of have a five man Russian roulette game going right there when you discuss Javion Cohan, Damian George, the likes of Kendall Randolph, Tommy Brockemeyer, and JC Latham. Now, for me, if there was a freshman. If there was a freshman that could start on the offensive line right now, the freshman I would have started is J.C. Latham. I mean, he is a freak of nature, freak freak, 6'6", 320 plus pounds right now. He's a guy that, uh, you know, once again, coming from Florida, following the footsteps of uh, Evan Neal and Alex Netherwood, remember, Netherwood came from Booker T. Washington High School in Pensacola, Florida in the 2017 class. He was a natural offensive tackle, but he played guard his first season before uh, transitioning over to the tackle. He's played guard his second season. Uh, his first season, he came and fielded admirably for Jonah Williams in offensive tackle in the national championship game, but played guard as a starter before transitioning back to tackle and the same thing for Evan Neal when he came in the 2019 class from IMG Academy down there in Florida. He came in, he started off as an offensive guard working in a phone booth there before transitioning outside to right tackle and now he will flip over to left tackle to start the upcoming season here in the fall. So here comes JC Latham, another young man from Florida. You've got you know, you know, Evan Neal is his, one of his closest friends. And on top of that, you've got the likes of uh, David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray, who also spent time at IMG as well. So a guy that would be physically ready Physically ready in terms of size, power, athleticism, quickness, has all the God-given tools to be a freshman starter that got to me would be J.C. Latham. The question is, is he mentally ready to go? Is he mentally prepared to give Alabama football, to give Nick Saban, to give you, the fans, what you want to see? If he's mentally prepared to go, he starts. If not, then you would go with the experience of one Kendall Randolph who has played a lot of football, whether it's in a guard position, a tackle spot, or a tight end blocking there in the C-gap. But for me when you discuss the first-team offensive line, you I think you would end up having four really solid guys, and then the fifth guy will be more so of your swing man. And that swing man will have, some, will have some issues early on in the season, but as the year progresses, as the games get more and more intense, I feel like that fifth guy will gain more confidence and will be set to bring you more production there on the offensive line. But just for me, if you're watching the 8 day game, Offensive line had me uh, the most concerned, just due to it didn't matter whether it was the first-team defense or the second-team ge- defense. Gosh, just kept getting through. I mean, Paul Tyson for the second-team offense was running for his life. I mean, whether it was uh, Jamarian Latham coming at him, or T.M. Smith coming at him, or Moy Kennedy coming at him. Just so many guys coming to the backfield affecting Paul Tyson in the pocket because the young guys on the offensive line were not able to effectively communicate and pick up those blocks. And there were even moments where – The first team offensive line, despite the experience that that group had, you still had some guys coming in there converging on one Bryce Young making plays. Whether that was Chris Braswell doing it, or Deontay Lawson doing it, or Jalen Moody doing it, or whomever was coming off that first team defensive front getting to Bryce Young, there was some, uh, some plays being made against the first-team offensive line. So just for me, you know, God forbid if an injury was to happen to Evan Neal at left tackle, I mean, who do you call upon to go out there and take that spot? And That's kind of a concern for me right now. So the, the big thing here, if you are Doug Marone and if you are Nick Saban, Getting this offensive line to play strong, to play together, to jail, to be a cohesive group, that's the biggest thing as we transition into the biggest portion of the offseason. When you talk the weightlifting process, getting into those 7-on-7 camps, those 11-on-11 camps, uh, and then most importantly getting into preseason fall practice where we start to really and truly see who will be the starters there on the offensive line? But to me, that's my main concern. Hopefully, Alabama can get that in line, can clean that up, because as much as we as as much as we want to see – Uh, Bryce Young do his thing, be successful, become a Heisman-winning quarterback. As much as we want to see these running backs become, uh, you know, big-time game breakers, game changers out of the backfield, and as much as we want to see guys like Aja Hall, Trayshawn Holding, and these receivers be special, tight ends also with Jamil Billingsley and Cameron Latou. Everything starts with the big boys up front. Everything starts with the offensive line knowing what it's supposed to do and being confident in that responsibility to get that job done. But, we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down. We're just getting started here. Upon our return, we get into a conversation, a dialogue with you. For fans, we take your phone calls, your thoughts, your texts, your tweets, your chats. We talk to you right after this. Rockin' and Rollin' here, folks. We are back in from the break on a Wednesday hump day. Number one ticket for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Glad to have everybody tuning into the show on this evening. And, and we're about to go to the uh, We're back inside the other call segment here. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. But as you guys are getting your thoughts ready to call into the show, cool topic right now, Bama got the championship rings in. The Alabama players got the championship rings after going undefeated for the second time in the Nick Saban era. But 2020 season, check out the video right now of quite a couple of these players excited to get their championship rings on their fingers. Check it out. I don't know to do it myself right now. Man, it's crazy, bro. That is crazy. And I got that pinky ring sized on me. That's what I said. I got that pinky size on me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Expeditiously. Champions, baby. History made. That's what you call the bama for right here. Right here. Yeah. Right there. Oh my gosh, bro. Yeah! Good rewards like this just come from hard work, that's it. Hey, look, real, real still. Y'all can't tell me nothing right now. You feel me? Three of them boys. You dig what I'm saying? Coming home with me. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Really, really, really awesome there. Just seeing the number of different players. DJ Dale in the video. Fidarian Mathis. Thomas Fletcher. Malik Moore. John Mechie. Jalen Moody. All of those guys. Celebrating. History being made, getting their national championship rings. We got a really big team, and they got some really big rings, you know what I'm saying? So Bama celebrating those uh, championship rings for the 2020 campaign, and hopefully look to run it back and repeat as national champions. But as you guys continue to get your calls in here, 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 448 1358. Another thing that U.S. fans were kind of concerned about during the spring game was Will Reichert missing three uh, three field goals. He went two for five on the afternoon, and for me, it's not really that much of a concern to me, just due to when you bring it in or when you have a brand new long snapper, a brand new holder. They got to build that timing with the real Rocker from the kicking perspective because special teams. This is a very specified, a synchronized, a timing, continuity, chemistry type of thing where the snap has got to be right. It's got to be perfect every time. The hold has got to be right. You got to have the, the, the laces turned away consistently from the Will Rocker, and of course Will making those field goals and it's gotta be a perfect motion of snap, hold, and kick if there's anything that's slightly out of ordinary, it can knock off the rhythm, it can throw the equilibrium uh completely off target there. So for me, not really overly concerned there, just just due to we saw Rikert perfect last season. 14 of 14 on field goals, made all 84 of his point after touchdown attempts. So we know when he's on, he's on. That this is not any trouble or any issue when you're discussing one. Will Riker. So for me... I feel like the kicking game, they will get that situated once again as we dive into summer workouts, as we get into fall camp, preseason practice, that area of the Alabama football team will be worked out as well. But we take another break here on the show. But upon our return, we get into something interesting. Pay for play is coming. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey did something this week that's very much so intriguing. What did she do? How does pay for play affect affect college football? Does it change your perception of college football? We'll talk about it after this.
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: As we're back in the saddle here, people from the break, of the number one form for Crimson Tide. Football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown. Alabama Magazine, and we're getting it out. This topic here, the conversation, pay for play is coming, and in discussing one, Governor k Ivey here for the state of Alabama, she signed a bill on Tuesday. The bill was the name, image, the uh, the college athlete name, image, and likeness bill, which will go into law and will go into effect. As of July 1st, uh, Governor Ivey signed this bill into motion and uh, Alabama becomes one of at least 10 states that have this bill and that have this going into law and going into effect here coming up you know, soon here in the, in the coming months. And on top of this, they're trying to get more governors within different states to sign the name, image, and likeness bill. But what this does is is this brings pay-for-play even more closer into the picture due to, uh, if you go back to April of last year, the NCAA Board of Governors, they approve, they are in support of pay-for-play, they're in support of compensating these athletes for their name, their image, their likeness, and uh, the start of this was set to be in motion for the 2021-22 academic year. Now, for me, There's a lot of questions that come with this, right? I mean, first and foremost, you think about how much does this change your perception of college football? Because for a lot of you out there, and in particular, you know, my father out there, we've had conversations about this, me and my dad. And the conversations have been about, you know, he's not big on on pro football. He's not big on pro sports, as some of you are not big on pro sports. You look at his as it's a money ploy. They're in it for the money. They just do it for the paycheck. Ain't no fun in it, ain't no swag in it, ain't no enjoyment in it, ain't no passion in it, ain't no pride in it, because they do it for the paycheck versus college football. That's what I'm about. I'm about college football. I'm, I'm, I'm about it for, I, I love it for the, for the energy for the pride, for the pageantry. They play for the love of the game. They play for the love of the sport. They play for the love of the team. It gives me, as a fan, something to brag about. It's not about the money for the college football athletes and for those that get into college basketball, especially when it gets down to March Madness time, the same thing goes there as well. So with pay for play coming in closer and closer here, does this change your perception of college football, does this change your perception of Alabama football in any way, shape, or form? Because to me, I feel like pay for play needs to happen just due to, I mean, uh, I understand the NCAA, they they tell these athletes, look, we have a scholarship for you. We're giving you a free education. You get four or more, four, four plus years of a free education. And we got this here for you on scholarship, but that scholarship pales in comparison to the blood, sweat, tears, injuries, the mental and physical toll that is being um, taken on the uh, the bodies of, of these athletes. And it pales in comparison to what these athletes are being asked to do on a everyday given basis here and bringing notoriety and bringing fame and bringing prestige and bringing a certain sense of status to these respective colleges and universities. And and, and case in point here, there are hundreds upon billions of dollars that these athletes bring these schools and these particular, these young men and women see none of that money. I mean, um, we're talking about in terms of just enrollment of students here when you discuss the, the the double and triple and quadruple of enrollment of freshmen coming on these coming on these respective campuses these new freshmen they're not coming to see quadratic equations they're not coming to see people solve a physics problem they're not coming to see the next chemical or civil engineer. They're not coming to see the next person find the cure for cancer. Now, if you find the cure for cancer, please share that with us. We do not want to be left outside of that uh, element right there. But the point I'm making is they're coming to see the athletic department. They're coming to see the the football team. it's It's the athletics that's bringing the increase or growth of enrollment. I remember personally, uh, during my time as an undergraduate at the University of Alabama, from 2011 to 2015, I earned my degree in uh, journalism and the, with a minor in computer t- uh, computing technology. And I remember, in a two-year span, we're looking at 2012 and 2013. I was a part of the Alabama Student Society of Communication Arts, and what I did. I was a part of a team that we went around campus. We went around these, the different high schools in the Tuscaloosa area recruiting incoming freshmen to come to the university. And one of the main questions we addressed to each student was, you know, what, what draws you to Bama? Why do you want to come to Bama? What makes Alabama stand out to you? And almost every student we spoke to, was, their response was the football team the football program. I heard the football team was great. We got a great football program. We got great athletics. Not not, not one thing was about doctor, lawyer, nurse, criminal justice, uh, you know, uh, engineering. It it was about football program. It was about the realm of athletics. So you already seen here with football, with with athletics, uh, the enrollment double, tripled, quadrupled here on the campus uh, football brings in the masses of people aside from that you look at how football really uh, uh, ups the uh, beautification of the community as well as the campus you got so many new buildings being brought in with the monies that football and other sports brings in you're talking about new buildings popping up on campus new fraternity houses new sorority houses new uh, f- food venues new uh, shopping duplexes new shopping malls new apartments popping up all around the community and surrounding areas this comes from the financial status that the football team and other athletic venues bring in and then You look at just the beautification or the rise of the state as a whole. You look at the state of Alabama, case in in point right here. Birmingham at one point in time was the steel city. Now Birmingham is the magic city because of the technologies booming in right here in Birmingham. it's because... With the rise of Nick Saban, with the rise of the football program, with the amount of money b- being brought in, there's so much infrastructure being brought in. There's so much of these, these cities, Huntsville's booming, Alabaster's growing, Pelham is growing, you know, all these different towns, these different cities here within the state growing because the, the, the influx of funds being brought in bob the football program and these young men are not seeing a dime are not seeing an ounce of that money are not seeing an ounce of that infrastructure and i'm not saying to pay these guys you know hundreds of millions of dollars no but i do i do as always say a stipend is needed a stipend can be used now the question will be is how will the money be divided up upon you know the pay for play coming fully into fruition here, especially when you look at the popularity of different players. Does a Mac Jones get the same amount of money as a, a Ben Davis? Or we'll, we'll take it from this step. Coming up in the upcoming season, you have a a Bryce Young. Does a Bryce Young get paid the same as a Will Riker? Or does a... Does a Jalen Moody get paid the same as a, a Jai Hall? Or does a a, a Jalil Billingsley get paid the same as a Christian Harris? So how will they divvy up the money? How do they... Uh, converse between themselves on who gets paid more based on the status of that player, the popularity of that player, the, uh, the prestige of that player, and how much the fans really truly value that particular student athlete. So I do feel like a stipend is needed, I do feel like a stipend is important, and I do feel like with, with, with uh, what all of the athletes bring here to these respective colleges and universities they should be compensated for what they bring because uh, they pay off that scholarship four and five and six and, and, and ten times over and they deserve to see that money they should see that money they should be compensated they should be done rightly for all that they give each and every football season to the fans to the administration staff and to the for universities as a whole. But we take our next break here on the show. Don't touch that dial because when we get back, we return to the phone lines to entertain you, for fans, and strike a dialogue with you right after this.
1: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your finger bling necklace.
0: As we are back into the action here, folks, on a Wednesday hump day, number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, George Trilling, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we get into the phone lines to take your calls here, call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. Got to remind you of mybookie.ag. It's mybookie.ag, latest sponsor here to TDA, so you feel unfortunate, you feel like you got the swag, the sauce, the drip, the skills to pay the bills when it comes to wagering on these Alabama football games, or any football games for that matter, check out our guys at mybookie.ag, that's mybookie.ag, you make the right play, and sign up today and when you do, you use the promo code TD Alabama to get your deposit matched halfway. That's all the way up to a thousand bucks. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. So check them out right now. MyBookie.ag. That's MyBookie.ag sponsor there to TD Alabama Magazine. Also. Some Super Chats to get to right now. How about Willie351 with that 777 helping us out here on the show. Appreciating Willie351. Then we got Kraft King up one with that $999 on his end. Appreciating Kraft K-ing up one for the love right there. And Spencer Revely, that $5 donation coming from our own Spencer Revely, helping us out here on the show. As always, Todd Nation, that daily Super Chat goes $75 daily. Super Chat Go, appreciating you guys for showing us the love here, making this your show. But, as always, 205-448-1358, that is the number to let your voice be heard tonight on the show. Want to hear from you, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. That's the number right there. But as you guys are getting your thoughts together to call in, another cool topic right here, and this one goes to Najee Harris. I'm telling you, if you want to be the best, you got to train with the best, and Najee training right now with Adrian Peterson, A.P. out day, Adrian Peterson working with uh, Najee Harris and getting him ready for the upcoming NFL draft. Which starts next week, Thursday of next week. Really excited to see where Najee goes in the first round. But Adrian Peterson, you talk about somebody that that was a beast in the league. I know he's currently a free agent as of right now, but a guy that had the guy had eight, you know, one thousand yard seasons in the league. One of only eight running backs in league history to rush for two thousand plus yards in a single season. A guy that you know three time. NFL rushing leader in his career. You know, 2012 with the Vikings was the league MVP, was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year when he totaled 2,097 yards rushing. Young man with with a guy out of uh, University of Oklahoma, just a big-time player, and really excited to see what he does in helping Harris become a star here in the league, sort of taking him under his wing a little bit. And AP already talking about nobody is going to be able to handle one Najee Harris at the next level. He, he he's, he's a bad man. He's a bad dude, and he's ready to make some things pop, ready to make some things shake. Uh, as of right now, we're already seeing so far. The Miami Dolphins have been huge in trying to – Reunite Najee with Tua. It's been a big, it's been a real thing right now, a big thing. Uh, according to Dolphins GM General Manager Chris Greer, on today he said that Tua is going to take a step forward. He's going to take that next step. He's going to be really good in his second season. With the Dolphins and uh, of a team trying to make sure it drafts the right pieces around him. With the number six overall pick, you can take a Devontae Smith. You can take a Jalen Waddle. You can take a Kyle Pitts out of Florida. You could even maybe take a Jamar Chase there as well if you so choose to. Now with the number 18 overall pick, here is where a lot of people feel like Najee would come off the board to Miami. Now, the Dolphins have a, a couple of backs already, but they don't have that big power back that's got just an array of athletic traits when you discuss hurdling players, stiff-arming players, uh, spinning by players. And, n- n- now, as you you could do just a ton of things there and fooling, making defensive backs look silly there on the field. So, when discussing Chris Greer and uh, head coach Brian Flores, they have been saying from the jump, that they are committed to Tua, they want Tua, Tua is their guy. They traded the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers to ensure Tua that he is their guy. So in trying to continue that commitment, you have to draft pieces around him, players around him. So Najee Harris working with one, Adrian Peterson, going to be awesome to see where he goes here next week in the venue but we take another break here folks on the show but don't touch that dial when we get back Nick Saban did a little yelling there to one Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstry in the 8A game what does this mean for the five-star defensive back I will give my reaction to it and what does that and what does it mean for Kool-Aid moving forward don't touch that dial you're listening in my own words
1: thank you for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
0: we are back in folks from the break here on the number one ticket for bama Football news in my own words on a Wednesday hump day. how to show on the streets here. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we get into the last topic of discussion on this evening, gotta remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. for all of you fans still overjoyed. With the Crimson Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our championship collection merch. What this is me, mean, it means we want you to go and grab you an 18 of them things, folk. T-shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18. We do shirts, designs that features all 18 championship years on the back. You head on over right now. Do it right now to tdaware.com. That's TDA, tdaware.com. You get you those shirts today. You go to the championship collections tab, copy that merch, show them that support to Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown alabama magazine gotta shout out, mconic baby mconic one time that 15 dollar donation to the super Chats appreciate that love they're coming from mconic but now here we go people nick saban you know nick saban gave it a little bit to jaquincy kool-aid mckinstry in the 8 day game the spring game got on him a little bit there on last week but but there is a reason why he got on the Kool-Aid, and I will explain that right after you hear how it sounded, the way Nick Saban got on the Kool-Aid. Check it out. Kool-Aid!
1: Joey's still no getting his, on his on gear the on. i hop in field. here for field. you, that is, that is Kool-Aid! Joey's still no getting his gear the on. Goddamn I'll hop in field. here for field. you, yeah. That is... That.
0: that was Nick Saban getting on the Kool-Aid there, walking on the field, and Saban not playing that music whatsoever, but... When you look at that, and first and foremost, McKinstry had a strong spring game. Let's, let's establish that right now. He had a strong game. He had a strong spring. This was somebody that Coach Saban could not stop talking about. In every press conference, he mentioned, you know, Kool-Aid's picking things up. He's he's learning things. He's progressing. He's getting better and better. He's understanding what he has to do out there. He's a guy that we, uh, we can see contributing to this team in the secondary. And of course, you know, in both scrimmages, he played well, second team corner. And then in the 8 day game, three tackles, one tackle for loss, a pass breakup, and an, inter- and an interception off one Braxton Barker at the bottom of the screen. You saw a lot of intense battles going on between the two uh, the two five stars, Kool Aid and Ajay Hall. So, I mean, Kool Aid had a-, a fantastic spring. He had a very good 8 day game. The reason why. Coach Saban got on him like that is Coach Saban sees something in Kool-Aid. And uh, when Coach Saban sees something of value in uh, particular specific players, he coaches them differently, right? Like he he, he coached Tua Tungvaloa different than other players because Tua had a different type of personality a different type of skill set. But for guys that can take that real, real hardcore tough coaching Saban sees that you know off the rip off the jump and because he wants to have that player uphold that standard not just as not just as the athlete on the field but also as the young man on the field, off the field, and in the community. Saban, you know, when he sees players that have specific traits, specific qualities, specific skill sets, he coaches those guys differently. Uh, He coaches those guys hard because he wants to get the utmost out of those guys. He sees something of value in uh, in in, uh, Quincy McKinstry. And what he sees, Saban sees a potential shutdown Lockdown corner. At some point, he knows Kool Aid is going to be what I had in uh, Dre Kirkpatrick. He's going to be what I had in D Milner. He's going to be what I had. In Marlon Humphrey, what I had in Levi Wallace, what I had in Anthony Averett, what I had in here recently, Patrick Sertan. So I know Kool Aid has the potential to be that dude, to be that guy, to, to be a guy that I can put him on the island and say, young man, you see that receiver? Take him completely out of play. Take him completely out of the fray, completely out of the picture, and I will be able to trust that Kool-Aid will be able to go out on the field and do that and perform in a way that will uphold the standard that is Alabama football. And there have been different players that Coach Saban has coached and has got on in the same way that, He did, you know, McKinstry. Case in point, Tony Brown. I mean, Saban saw something special in Tony Brown. Now, of course, Tony Brown was an an intimidation tactic more so than anything else. But at the end of the day, the five star from Texas, Coach Saban saw something in him during Brown's tenure at the University of Alabama. That's why he stayed on Tony. That's why he kept getting on Tony. That's why when folks kept saying, Coach Nick, Coach Saban, do away with Tony. Do away with Tony. He's a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. Coach Saban kept his hands on Tony because he knew if I stay on him, if I work with him, if I polish up the edges a little bit, I know there's a diamond in TB. There's a diamond in Tony Brown. And if I could just get to the freaking diamond, oh, my goodness, we're going to have a good player here. And Tony Brown. Uh, Coach Saban stayed on Ronnie Harrison. The exact same thing. Ronnie Harrison was a wild, emotional kid. He coached Ronnie hard. He coached Ronnie tough because Saban knew if I can just get to the diamond that's inside of Ronnie Harrison, we're going to have something here. Coach Sable did the same thing for guys like Reuben Foster. If I can get to that diamond, I know Ruben can be a little bit crazy. He can be a little bit unorthodox. He do some foolish stuff, some stupid stuff. But there's a diamond in him. There's potential in him. There's big quality in him. There's playmaking ability inside this dude. If I can reach him, if I can tap, if I can tap into that diamond, then Ruben's going to be something of huge value the same thing in terms of Tim Williams also then if you flip to no guys offensively he stayed on Kenyon Drake because he knew there was a diamond in Kenyon Drake he knew there was big playability inside Drizzy Drake he knew if I can get Kenyon to be even keel level headed not focused on external factors not focus on things that don't matter aside from Alabama football, your schoolwork, and just being a quality human being, if I can tap inside that diamond, I can pull out what I need to pull out there from Drake, and he can be a, uh, a special elite marquee player. Uh, the same thing going back to the defense with uh, Eddie Jackson. It was the same thing. He saw something special in Eddie Jackson. He, he got on to Eddie. He picked at Eddie. He wanted to pull something out of Eddie Jackson. So, so the, the case here is people – when Nick Saban goes after a player, when he goes off of a player, when he gets hot there on the mic toward a player, it's not the fact that he doesn't like that player or he's disrespecting that player. It's the fact that he sees something special in that player and he does not want to have that thing ruined. He sees something special you know, in Kool-Aid. And, and this is a guy that coming from – a, a high school program, Pinson Valley High School, just outside the Birmingham area here. He was coached by Sam Shade, a former Alabama defense back. So I'm pretty sure Sam, I'm pretty sure Coach Shade got on kool a couple of times because Shade knows the the mantra. He knows the moniker. He knows the standard that is Alabama football because, no, Coach, because Shade played in it as a player. So uh, Saban talked about it. When you get these guys that come from these winning programs, that come from these high school coaches that know what the deal is, that they're able to come into Alabama, their mindset, they're able to to transition, they're able to, uh, to do the things that need to be done on the field to be special, to be productive, to be dominant players, and... Kool-Aid to me is somebody that can take this type of coaching, but that will thrive in this type of coaching, that will be better because of this type of coaching. That that wants this type of coaching. I mean, you you, you want to be coached by the greatest of all time. You want Coach Sabre to get on you. You want Coach Sabre to jaw kind of back and forth with you with you because not only are you getting you know, corrected, but you're getting priceless, valuable nuggets that you can take to add to your arsenal, to your repertoire, to your resume, to your magnitude, if you will, as a player. So to me, this is good for McKinstry. This is only going to help him be better, uh, be stronger, and, and be somebody that when his number is called too soon – become a starter in the secondary for the Alabama defense, he would have been well-groomed, well-equipped, well-prepared to step into those shoes and handle business. So we've seen Coach Saban do this for other players. He's doing this with Kool-Aid, so that just means the baton of greatness has been passed over to that young man, and I'm excited to see what he does as a freshman here when the fall comes into play. But as always, Tide Nation, you want the best in news, notes, materials, and coverage here on your favorite program, the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here. On iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast.fm, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio, we've got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday, continuing the conversation that is tied football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, if you're trying to get you the new print edition of TDA, the magazine that is shipping soon here, shipping quickly here, you can get this by going to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member, become a subscriber today. That link will be in the description also. And if you're trying to copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of we own the fourth quarter.com, that link in the description as as well. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, the fun thing, the smart thing, the legitimate thing to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself, protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, see you Friday, people. it In My Own Words.